Blog Talk Radio. Stewardship is mandated for Christians, yet, as Sean Hyman puts it, some of us are wearing poverty as if it is a badge of honor. When it comes to wealth, this topic is a dividing line among many faithful Christians. This new show segment is all about wealth, so if you're not one of those who, you know, if, if you're one of those whose poverty fits you like a second skin, then this show is not for you. But if you agree that profitable stewardship is what is demanded of you, then listen in. You have tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio with Trudy Beerman. Thank you for taking us along with you as you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, or through our syndicated outlets. Welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money to move Christians to profitable stewardship via debt-free wealth by embracing the Bible as a practical, relevant guide to success. Today's topic is, fundamentally speaking, charts, news, financial impact. And this is actually a launch to a new show segment. And, uh, you know, my guest expert is Sean Hyman. Now, a lot of you are familiar with the phrase, the trend is your friend, charts, breaking news, financial data, fundamentals, the bulls and the bears. Do you feel overwhelmed sometimes with all the information that's out there? How do you make profitable financial decisions with all the money noise that's out there? Now, after the disaster of many portfolios in the recession, many people have taken the chance of taking control away from brokers and into their own hands. And even if they have their their portfolios with their brokers, they're more involved than they used to be. More importantly, though, Christians who have suffered a financial setback may be questioning the abundance of God or whether or not wealth is okay for us to have or if this is just an Old Testament experience. Now, Sean Hyman, who is my guest expert on this, he's the editor of Money News and the Ultimate Wealth Report, of which I am a subscriber. He is a regular guest on many national news stations, such as Fox News, CNBC, and others. And he is going to weigh in on how to build wealth, if you wish, from your home through investment strategies. And he also is the author of the Biblical Money Code, something he stumbled on to help him create wealth, not only for himself, but many of those he served. Like I said, I personally subscribe to his newsletter. I have been the beneficiary of that. And I want to have uh, help. Have you helped me welcome Sean to the show. Sean Hyman, welcome. I am so honored. So honored hey, to have to be you with you. Thank you so much. Sean, you want to just say a word of prayer before we get started? Okay. Go ahead. Father, we just ask you just to uh, be with us during this time, Lord God, and we just ask, Lord, that you would just lead and guide uh, us and just open our minds, Lord God, and we just ask you just to speak through this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, (laughs) Sean, I feel like this show is timely. Um, A bunch of people have already checked the show page out even before we had a show up, and you and I have been involved in a number of conversations online with others that have really... (laughs) made this very hot and timely. So um, let's 
start with the question of whether or not wealth is simply an Old Testament experience and are Christians today really not meant to enjoy wealth as the rest of the world seems to be permitted to? What do you say to that? Well, I mean, you know, if God was blessing uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and, and David, and Solomon, and Job, and others, um, back in the Old Testament, <clears throat> with, a, with a lesser covenant, um, he would certainly do it with us in the, in the New Testament with a, with a newer and better covenant. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the blessing then upon the people there, they weren't even uh, saved or redeemed at the time. They had to literally go and, and um, submit offerings each and every year for the atonement for their sins. And, you know, we've got Jesus who has done this once and, and, and once and for all. And uh, so, of course, there's prosperity all over the Bible, both Old and New Testament uh, scriptures. And so it's not just a, an Old Testament thing. Um, and the the unusual thing is that, of course, we've got the whole Bible, which includes Old Testament and New Testament. But then a lot of people, if they see something in the Old Testament they don't agree with, they'll just say, well, that's Old Testament. That's not for today. But 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 yet they'll go and they'll teach their kids all the Bible stories and all the Bible characters, and those are all Old Testament stories. And uh, so it's a, it's a little bit of a double double standard there. Either either we believe it or we don't. There are certain things that do change. Like if you see something that changed in the New Testament, such as salvation and redemption, uh, you know, it used to be you would go once a year for atonement. Now that atonement has been dealt with once and forever through Jesus Christ, then that's where something's different. But there's there's only so many things where that has changed. Most things carry through uh, throughout time and have never changed. I agree, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, while there are many notable, wealthy Old Testament characters of wealth, like Job, like Solomon, you know, uh, like Moses, like Jacob, there were some New Testament ones. I, I did my research, Sean. I'm just going to throw some names out there real quick. Um, Zacchaeus. Definitely in the New Testament, he mm -hmm. was a tax collector, and although he was, you know, abusing his power before, he made restitution after. There's no indication that he stopped being wealthy. Joseph of mm -hmm. Arimathea, I mean, he had prepaid his own funeral. It was his tomb that Jesus was buried in. He was certainly a wealthy man. The average person did not have their own tomb, uh, especially the, the stone cutout that he had. Then there were many uh, women who supported Jesus financially through his ministry, uh, as mentioned in Luke 8, Luke 23, Mark 15, Mark 16. And then there was the Roman centurion, and, you know, God, Jesus said he has a found faith like this. He would have certainly been wealthy as a top um, uh, person of the military back then. Then there was a rich young ruler, and while he, you know, probably never got saved as we know it today, he is appearing in the New Testament. He is extremely wealthy, and Jesus said, "You are not far from the kingdom, my friend." And then we had Philemon. He owned slaves. Um, he forgave a, a runaway slave. I mean, you don't own slaves unless you are a person of some wealth. Then you have Joseph, the one they called Barabbas. He sold land and gave that money to the believers. Um, there's Ananias and Sapphira. Now, while they did have an experience because they lied and all that, the fact is that they had wealth, which they were supposedly selling and turning over to the church. There are many rich Christians written about in James. Of course, there's Lydia, who hosted the first church in Europe in her home. It suggests that she's somewhat wealthy there. There's Cornelius, the centurion, who was generous to the poor. 
poor. He sought out Peter. Um, again, there's the Ethiopian treasurer, and you know he was the one who uh, nurtured his belief in God. Traveling to Jerusalem, invited Philip to come along and explain him some more. I mean, there's Simon the sorcerer. I mean, yeah, I mean in those days they got a lot of money. He wanted the spiritual power, willing to even you know buy it. So there are lots of wealthy people named in the New Testament, and I just found it interesting that um, a lot of people seem to think it's just an Old Testament experience, like you said. So, you know, um, I, and I agree with you, what, what is in the Old Testament is certainly still valid today. So, unless you want to add anything more to that, Sean, I have another question for you. Well, and the, you know, I think the reason why people love to pick and choose, you know, we like to pick and choose our scriptures like we like to pick and choose our food or something. Well, I like that, so I'll pick that. I don't like that, so I'll kind of, you know, discard that and stay away from that. But the problem with that is is that people say, "Well, I don't I'll I'll dismiss that as an Old Testament uh scripture because I don't want to give or especially tithe part of my income to the to the kingdom of God." So that's more of a heart issue than than anything. But what they're doing is they're really they're really jipping themselves because they don't. It's not the preacher that wants your money. I mean, your preacher didn't write the uh, the Bible. It was long before your 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 preacher. God wants you to return that to Him, and the reason why He wants you to do that is for honor's sake, and also it allows you to partner up with uh, with God in your in your business. In other words, God gets into your business. Otherwise, we go and we work so hard, forty, fifty, sixty hours a week, whatever it is. And and the Bible says that if we're not a tither, then it says we're cursed with a curse. Well, I don't want to go work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and be cursed with a curse. And then also the thinking with which I have, most likely my lineage is going to have. And so I'm passing down that, that bondage thinking to my children and to their children. And then I'm wondering why I can't get anywhere in life. And then I'm wondering why they can't get anywhere in life. And it's, so it's just a, it's a whole cycle that is just uh, horrible, and God's word will break us out of it if we only trust Him. Oh, I agree, and I do want to explore the tithing question some more. But you just triggered a, a thought here for me. Um, this is a post that uh, just showed up in uh, one of my Facebook group feeds, and the question was about you know striving for a million dollars and. Several people posted in response, but there was one that really caught my eye. There was one from a, a girl named Charlie, and I'll leave the rest of her name off, and her exact statement was, for me, it's the same idea as Jody, somebody else who commented. Um, Comfortable living, being with my three kids, able to take vacations, 100000 a year is more than sufficient in my industry. Making a million a year means working 24-7 and not enjoying my life. I will be at my goal of $100,000, she says, in five years. That's kind of off what I had expected to, to chat with you today. But, you know, the, the whole idea of, um, you know, this working constantly 40, 50, 60 hours to have some kind of wealth is exactly why we're doing this show, Sean, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really believe that profit is mandated. I I, am, I think we agree on that. The whole idea of tithe um, putting us in favor for God's abundance, you know, the curse that you mentioned, the fact that, you know, in the talent, uh, story of the talents in Matthew 25, the one who had the one God was so upset with him. So I think we're expected to do something with what's in our hand. And, 
And so this is why I wanted to do this show, Sean, because what we have in our hands, we do need to multiply. And the strategies that you have come up with are one fantastic set of strategies for doing exactly that. But I want to jump back into the tithing thing uh, for a minute. You kind of touched on it a little bit. And I think you and I both agree that tithing is, found, is a foundation to positioning ourselves for, for, uh, for God's favor. So um, let's just, just really get into this whole tithing thing. First of all, what is tithing and, uh, and you know, what is tithing and, and how are we supposed to do that? Because if it's to position us, we need to know what we should be doing. Yeah, just just one quick comment on the Facebook post. Um, the uh, one thing about the, 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 the post is the mindset of the individual. In other words, mm-hmm. I, I just need enough for me and my family and for our lifestyle and and that's basically all I need. The only problem with that is is that that's us making us the center of the universe, me, my mm-hmm. four, no more kind of a thing, rather than being kingdom-minded. We can't spread the gospel. I can't give to other uh, – I can't feed other people if I can only just feed my own family. I can't give clothing to others if I can only afford to clothe my own family. I can't help mm-hmm. spread the gospel in a bigger way if I can only afford to, you know, to, to pay for my own family's expenses. So that's why you want to you know, have more than you need. And some people think, well, it's ungodly to have more than you need. No, you actually need that abundance, and that's why you know God made it so clear throughout the whole Bible that He was for abundance because it's it's for kingdom for kingdom purpose. The other thing is is that the, is the mindset that I would have to work a gazillion hours a week in order to get up to that point, and I would have no life. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, yes, it might would be if you're exchanging your time for pay. In other words, as an mm-hmm. employee. But there's many other ways to, you know, to do that. For instance, um, you know, I, I sell books uh, online and things like that, and people buy those. They may buy them when I'm asleep. Uh, it's something I've written one time, mm-hmm. and I get paid for each and every month to do. So that's just one example of a way that somebody else can get paid and bring in extra income, and yet uh, you, you're getting paid multiple times off of work that you did one time. So there's mm-hmm. there's a way that we can think to actually bring in more money without spending more hours uh, to do it. So concerning tithing, um, you know, it's what is a tithe? The tithe is a tenth. It's it's a tenth of what we, oh, it's a tenth of our gross pay because it's all of our increase is what the Bible talks about. And, and when we when we tithe, when we give it, you know, at least a tenth back to God, we're returning that money back to God. And what that's saying is, you know, you you are God over my life. You are Lord over my finances. You are God and Lord over my business and I acknowledge you and I honor you and I give back to you. I acknowledge that you gave me my my resources, my job, my money in the first place and I return that back to you. You know, I return a portion back to you. And so it keeps you it keeps us mindful, it keeps us honoring, it keeps us thankful, it keeps us generous, it keeps us humble, uh it keeps us sound minded. Um there's a lot of things that, that tithing does for us uh, even above what it does for the kingdom. So tithing really does a work within you as much as it does uh, an act of giving money to uh, a church for the furtherance of the ministry. Wow, fantastic. And um point there is if we're only giving 10%, we still have 90% to play with. And, you know, uh, my pastor told a really cute story. Um, he was heading out with his two boys on a long journey. He filled up for gas, and at the station, he bought two sets of snacks for them each. 
To the younger one, he said, can I have some? The younger one pulled the snacks back and said, no, there's not enough to share. To the older one, he reached and the, the young man handed him the bag. He took what he needed. And the point being, the older one being more mature understood that the snack he had in his hand, his father bought it for him. So giving his father some was, you know, just a portion of what he had because of his father in the first place. A lot of us have not reached that level of maturity. And the other thing is that I think, you know, the idea you said that we need to have more than enough for ourselves. We really want to be able to have more to share. I think a lot of Christians, and this is a sad, sad state that I am hoping a show like this, what the work of Dave Ramsey and many of us, I don't think there's enough of us out there, as you, you pointed out, Sean, there's not enough people out there, not enough of us in the Christian sphere out there getting this message out that wealth is so important. A lot of us are approaching the tithe the same way the struggle that the the widow of Jarephath may have had. She had her last meal, and here's this man of God saying, you know, share it with me. And I think a lot of us are looking at what we have in our hand with that same mindset, and that's found in First Kings 17. But um, if but yet, when she turned over what she had, Jesus talked about the widow with the two mites. Even when what we have in our hands seems to be little, if we can have that faith to trust it over to God, it truly is going to be blessed so many times over. And I hope people can get this because we're talking about wealth here. We're talking about ways to build that wealth. And with the strategies that Sean teaches, guys, you can be making that money in your sleep. He mentioned book writing. He and I both enjoy income that way. But he has some other strategies that will come out over the course of these shows that, you know, and hopefully you'll also subscribe to his newsletter, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, um, that you can enjoy this additional income without putting in, you know, more sweat because by the sweat of her brow, that is a curse that came out of us from Adam and there's strategies that God has put in place and gave, you know, wisdom to a man like Sean to stumble upon the biblical money code so that we can enjoy that. And that's why we're doing this show so he can share some of that wisdom with us. So um, let's see. You know, one other Uh, quick word on mm -hmm. One other quick word on tithing is, is that, you know, a lot of people think, well, I've got my 100%, and then so when I take away 10% and I'm left with 90%, gosh, I can hardly make it on the 100%, much less 90%. Mm-hmm. But here's the way to, to think about that. And picture, picture like your, your income as the size of a pie, like a pizza pie, like a personal pan pizza. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, that's, picture that as your current income. God has the ability to take that from a personal pan-sized pizza up to a large or extra large size pizza and that's that's what people aren't you know necessarily considering they're always considering their 100% being the size of that personal pan pizza but mm-hmm. god has the ability to grow that so much more i mean i've been i've been tithing since i was a poor man and but uh you know but over probably the last 15 years god's taken my income income up probably tenfold um right. so so that's the enlargement of the pie so uh, so it is definitely not. I, I don't ever feel like it's cost me to uh, to to tithe because it's a, it's really given me favor and advancement uh, as I've tithed, as God's getting in my uh, gotten in my business and made it perform far better than I ever could have on my own. Fantastic testimony there, and I, I have a similar one to share. It's like. Um, you know, I've been tracking all my uh, all my money movements over time, and 
we had a history of how much we were giving, and I really was putting a challenge before the Lord. Uh, I've always tied my 10%, but I really wanted to test him in this, as he said in Malachi 3.10, to test him in this. And I have to tell you, Sean, my income in January, my not my income, well, my income, yes, but our tithing in January jumped a whole 110% over our average monthly tithe in the tooth year of 2014. In February, it jumped again. I will tell you, I have such a joy in tracking that mm-hmm. bigger number over to my tithe. And because what it implies on the other end, because the I look forward. I think you even shared with me once, you're looking forward to writing that seven-figure check yourself as a tithe. Because honestly, mm-hmm. the people, we, that's the, the cheerful giving. I mean, I, I'm jumping out of my seat here happy that I can, you know, give more, happy that I can give more. I don't see it as a loss at all. So fantastic. So, all right, Sean, um, I think I want to let the the listeners know this is going to be a monthly segment. Now, guys, Sean is a very, very busy, well-sought-after leader, and, you know, I'm grabbing him when I can. We're going to try and keep this um, first Tuesday Sorry, is it for second Tuesday in the month at this time slot as a regular consistent time? But if I have to record with him another time, remember the link will always be here for you. But I just want to grab him when we can. So today I just was the launch of the show. I wanted to set the foundation, Shauna. If you want to just tie this up a little bit more about how tithing is really going to set the the tone for us for that wealth that is to come that we're going to talk about in future shows and tell us about your newsletter and that kind of a thing. Yeah, and just one more uh, thought on tithing is that in in Malachi, a lot of people, you know, don't really read down to verse 11, but, you know, verse 11 says, I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop the fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord God Almighty. And then the nations of the world will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. And so, you know, if if somebody doesn't feel like they're blessed, if they don't feel like the you know the nations are calling them blessed, if they don't feel like they live in a delightful land in their own personal family economy, then then they ought to change these things. If they if they uh, tithe, the Bible says that they can literally test God. You know, a lot of people go, "Ooh, don't test God," and in many instances, you should, probably shouldn't. But literally, there's you know concerning the tithe, the the Bible says that you can test them in this. And I'm not saying that when somebody ties by Wednesday, you know, if they tithe on Sunday by, by Wednesday, their account start, <laughs> bank account starts filling up with money, but because everything is is over time, it you know it certainly could, and there have been stranger things happen, but. Uh, but but what you'll find is over time, as somebody will commit to tithing, um, you you will find that over time, as you look back, your your income increased, you know, your favor increased. Um, you got you know overly sized promotions that maybe others didn't get. There's just a lot of favor there that that is unattributable to just you, your personality, your IQ, your gifting. It's an added dimension. Uh, that you have that is literally your economic edge uh, in the world that you can only take place that 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 you can only benefit from as a believer uh, if you in, invoke that principle. You know, if, if you choose to tie, you can be a believer and God not be a part of your business, and mm-hmm. you know, and 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 God not being, you know, producing more and more and more because simply not following that that biblical principle that's there. So. Uh, being a Christian is one thing, and being a Christian with favor is another, and that's one of the quickest mm-hmm. ways that you can begin to get favor on your life. 
Uh, and it's not buying favor. It's because it has nothing to do with that uh, because we don't have enough money in the world to buy God's favor. It's simply obedience mm-hmm. to his to his word. He could have asked for 20 or 30 or 100 percent of it, but he didn't. He asked to a return of one-tenth of it, and the reason why was because for you know for honor, for obedience. So it shows his lordship. People say, well, if I get a lot of money, I might get greedy. You won't get greedy if you tithe, because if you tithe, that's showing God's lordship over your money. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you're a tither and you make $100,000 a year or a million dollars a year, you know, $100 million or 30000 whatever it is, um, you're, you're not going to get uh, greedy because you're showing God's lordship over your money. Mm-hmm. True, true, true word, true word. All right, so we tithe, we set the stage to position ourselves for God's favor. Of course, he knows our hearts. He reads our hearts. He doesn't care what the external is because a lot of us show up in a certain way, but he's reading our hearts, and he knows our true motive. We position ourselves for God's favor. Now he's put something in our hand. You know, he's put one talent, two talents, five talents. He's given us something in our hand, Sean. And so we need to multiply that. We absolutely must multiply it because even if it's just one, at the very least, we need to put it in the bank to earn interest. So we are, we are committed as Christians, as those who believe in profitable stewardship, to not return to God the same way he, he made us, buried in the ground just as we came. We need to do something with that. So that's what we're going to be going into. Guys, the topic of this segment is fundamentally speaking. Fundamentally speaking, charts, news, financial impact. And... Again, I just want to bring up that Sean has uh, a newsletter. Sean, tell us a little bit about the newsletter, and if there's, and he's also written some books. He, you know, if you're if you're somebody who wants to trade for yourself, like you you understand the financial markets, you want to trade for yourself, you can absolutely do so. And Sean's written a good book to help you get up to speed on that. If you work with a broker. You should understand that you have the right to tell your broker your interests, your way of of uh, wanting to move your money. They don't make those decisions for you unless you give them that ability. So, um, Sean has stumbled onto some some ways of some wisdom that is <laughs> not out there in the world. I have watched you, Sean, be ridiculed on on television, only to find out later that you have been absolutely right. Your um, the, the I, what has come to you as far as how you watch the markets have really been profitable, probably, wow, more so than the average um, investment uh, portfolio can say. And, uh, you know, so just tell us a little bit about the newsletters, opportunities that we have to participate in your wisdom and and, and earn that income without necessarily constantly going and, and sweating our brow. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always should uh, make our money make money for us as well. So one dimension of making money is going out and and trading our time for money. And and that's a great place to start, but but that shouldn't be where we finish. And many people, that's where they do finish. But take a portion of your paycheck, you know, once you've got some savings set aside and things of that sort for emergencies, and invest uh, some of that money. And don't worry about if it's a ton of money at first. You know, it might be $500 or $1,000 or whatever. But just start planting that seed, planting that, that those investments. And, and a lot of people don't know how to do investing properly. And so that's why I write the Ultimate Wealth Report, uh, which can be found at ultimatewealthreport.com. And it's a value, uh, a value approach, which means we look for good, huge, sizable companies that are trading on the cheap relative to their earnings and their assets. 
and uh, and many times they'll yield a, a fairly hefty uh, dividend. But to me, it's a very prudent way uh, to invest um, that I believe is is being a good steward over your uh, over your money and allowing you to buy sizable companies that have deep pockets and respectable debt levels, big market share. And you allow these companies to grow over time, and so that therefore your money ends up making money for you through stock appreciation and through uh, dividends. And again, somebody doesn't have to know about the stock market, all the ins and outs uh, of it. That's what I write the newsletter for. I take what's seemingly complex and putting it into plain English. Uh, literally, when I when I you know you can put your word documents of your newsletters through a grading system, and my grading system usually goes from about sixth to eighth grade reading level. So I'm talking about I mean I break it down very simply, very easy to understand, and I, I purposely make it that way. And then it also comes with exact recommendations of when to buy and what to buy, and when to sell, etc. Um, and somebody can literally just read that off to their broker and have them do it, or they can. Uh, input that online through their uh, their online uh, broker. Either way, they feel comfortable doing that. But it's a way to get started in investing uh, in your in your future, and because uh, that's what we need to do. Because that's basically what the parable of the talents teaches us all along. Right, um, and like I said, guys, I have been a personal beneficiary of that. Now, I I trade for myself because I understand you know, the markets and so forth. But again, you can absolutely be having that conversation with your broker and Sean uh, encourages you to do that. So, you know, these are just suggestions. You don't have to go do them exactly, but these are these are just suggestions that uh, they have really worked out well. This is not the only strategy for making money, guys. Of course, some of you may be doing real estate, whatever, but um, this is one fantastic strategy that works while you sleep. So I hope you will tune in to our upcoming shows. Um, you know, like I said, second Tuesday of the month at 11:30 Eastern Standard Time. If Sean is not available to do that live with me, we'll record when he's available. The link will always be available for you. And this is geared to building wealth, Christians. This is anybody will benefit from this. But Christians, I hope you're particularly taking note. Um, as and as Sean pointed out, it's not enough for us to be satisfied that we have enough for ourselves and our family. Uh, it's like the salvation experience, Lord. You know, once we're saved, we have that great commission to go and help save others. We can't keep that just for ourselves. Okay, we have our ticket to heaven, all is well, all is well. What about the others? What about the others, guys? We need to go out and we can really help them when we can when we can do something, you know, that draws their attention, give the gift, whatever. So we definitely need to have a little bit more than just what we need for ourselves. And that's what this is all about, wealth, building that wealth. Don't be embarrassed by it. Feel comfortable with it. God calls us to this abundance. Jesus came to restore what we lost, and that includes that abundant life that he had called us to. He called us to live abundantly. So, Sean, thank you so much, so much. Is there any parting words you want to leave us with? And, again, remind us of that website for the newsletter yeah the, <clears throat> excuse me the uh, the web address is um, ultimatewealthreport.com and that's for learning how to invest and I would say also if somebody's not quite at that stage and they go gee you know my budget's so tight I don't have any money to invest yet then I would encourage them reading my book the six keys to financial success and they can just google that and it'll come up in every ebook format uh, and also in PDF, that way if they just want to view it on their computer uh, as well or print it out, 
but the six keys to financial success goes through the biblical principles uh, that will help them get free in their personal finances so that they can get freed up money uh, to to be able to save, to be able to invest. And so that's, a, that's, that's like 101, and then investing is like 201. And so if somebody is not at a point that they're able to invest, start with that six keys to financial success book. And then if they feel that they're at the investing uh, portion, they can go with ultimatewealthreport.com. And even before you get ready to invest, I would say start taking that information in because you'll, you'll get more comfortable with it as your knowledge increases, and therefore you'll be a lot more comfortable placing those uh, investments uh, in your portfolio once you know the time does come. So I, I typically read ahead for whatever stage I think is next for me in life, and I would encourage people to do that with their investing. And I'm going to just put a quick plug in here uh, on my end too, Sean. Um, when you know Sean mentioned about you know if you don't have enough money or if you have so much money and you know setting aside because this this investing should come from after. Am I right, Sean? After you've set aside your savings, your emergency fund, and so forth, that you should not, yes, at least should not be putting, ideally not going into debt to do this. Uh, I, I, would you agree on that, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't incur oh. debt to invest. You know, we want to make our fi- our financial futures more secure, not more in jeopardy. Absolutely. And so, um, guys, uh, I, I once you've got that income in place, and you know, as Sean said, his six keys are going to help you free up that money and attract more money and put yourself in that mindset to um, be open to the abundance that is is very much there for you. Um, I also have a little plug for me because I talk about my. Uh, 30, 50, 20 income distribution strategy, and that when that top 30%, the top 10% is of course is of course tithing. And so there's a place for money for investing. If you're not there yet, you absolutely need to have your emergency cash in place. And if you need help with that structure, once you have that income in place, I can help you with that as well. But it it, it takes a mindset. It's like you know what that lady said about 24/7 and how much she needs. There's a mindset that comes with this whole thing. And honestly, uh, you need to get your mind straight. So I think the six keys are going to help you get your head straight, get your head in the game, get you ready for that next level. And um, if you're not doing your income right, guys, if you don't know where your money went after you got paid, you have a problem, and that problem's probably you. So you need to look at how your income is, distribution is being is being moved. And um, when you get into this whole aspect of investing, uh, please don't be using it from a debt perspective. You need you need to have that money set aside for this because there is a measure of risk to investing and you don't want to put your family at risk when you're when you're going into this next aspect of your life. So all right guys, um thank you Sean so much. I'm looking forward to this show series. Uh it, it's very exciting for me personally as well and uh thank you so much Sean for being my guest expert on this matter. Hey glad to be here. I challenge all leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, and breadwinners, step into your moment. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Let's pick up the momentum and press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Trudy Behrman here saying I love you all. Uh, thank you so much, Sean. And we'll see you next month this time to start picking up on that fundamentally speaking charts, news, and financial impact. Thank you, Sean. Thank you.